You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. See, and that's and that's where you're a fool, where you think CFL fans will be happy. Oh yeah, that's on me. They, that's on me. Yeah. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Cura, joined by Brazilian Tide. Tide. How was your Valentine's yes. Day, Romeo? <laughs> um, mine probably wasn't as good as somebody else's. Uh, that being said, I think that middle of next week, uh, I will get my gift. <laughs> or no, Saturday. Saturday, I get my gift of next week. Saturday of next week. Are you dropping hints? No. I want, I want to play 20 questions to find out who your Valentine is. <laughs> Question number one. Is she real? Oh, no. Yes. Is she Canadian? Yes. Have I met her? Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing in. Tra- Travis, Travis, just remember that my mother listens to this. Well, what's wrong with that? Have you met my mother? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think you're ahead of the game here. I, I don't know why. Maybe you can help oh, look, me. I, 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 I am, I'm further ahead than you are, I think, because my stuff actually showed up on time. Yeah, that was good. Everybody thought I was making these up. But side note, <laughs> I ordered Valentine's flowers. They texted her at about 2.30 saying, we're going to be there in 115 minutes with your delivery. So two hours. And they didn't show up. And uh, I ended up calling them and saying, hey, what's the status of this delivery? And they come back, hey, we got bad news. They refunded my money and they said, we we will still deliver it tonight. And I gave them my home address. They ended up texting my wife at around 20 after 9 saying that, yeah, we're here at uh, at the address provided. They were at her work <laughs> So they, oh end up, they end up showing up at 10 to 10 at night with their Valentine's flowers. Just brutal. <laughs> that, that is like, I only ordered flowers from across the country and you couldn't even get it done. In oh, there's another hint. Balls. Another <laughs> hint. And I didn't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, you know, most of my friends introduce, you know, you slowly introduce your Valentine or whoever to your friends like slowly. And usually mm-hmm. I'm the last. And I always yeah, felt the like... last girlfriend I had, you were the first and that didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> I always felt like I was the test in, in, in some way. But why is that Ty? Um, I think it's because you know too much. <laughs> I know. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> no. Not in our group of friends. It's definitely not a good thing at all. 
We're excited to have Arjun Colhoun, one of the newest members of the Toronto Argonauts, joining us on the program today. We've got a lot of free agency stuff to talk about. First, this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by That's Food. Now, this is a pod that you and I can get behind, isn't it? I am listening. For supper last night, I had a bag of zesty Arebas <laughs> and a Gatorade Zero because I worked too late to catch supper in camp. That's so I'm brutal. all about food. I'm all about health. Okay. Uh, this is a new podcast from CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. It explores the backstory to food in Edmonton one meal at a time. I wonder if they will do the old combo of Ariba chips and Gatorade Zero in here. <laughs> well, it, I'm telling you, I, I I was I was stuffed and satisfied, and I, I don't think I don't think camp would have been any better. I don't think the supper would have been any better than what I had. Oh, I'm like a, a, a four week old Cliff Bar that I found in the back of the work truck. Oh, just frozen it was still sealed. Solid. Like it was still closed. No, it was warm enough in my camp room. Here's a taste of That's Food. What? You never heard of That's Food? You know it's a good podcast, right? That's Food is a new podcast from CGSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Handmade with love by University of Alberta students. Telling the backstory to food in Edmonton, one meal at a time. I come from a big bread family, so like toast on toast on toast, probably with maybe a different item you can toast. There's lots out there that's happening in Edmonton. I mean, we are not a sleepy city like most people think. I mean, we have stuff going on all the time, which is exciting, right? That's so tough. It's hard to pick. Pick just one flavor. But you can always pick birthday cake. But you can, always birthday. Pick, you can always pick birthday cake mm-hmm. on your birthday. On your birthday. Yeah. This podcast explores a wide range of topics on food, ranging from interviews with influential food people to a deep dive into classic Edmonton meals. We'll be coming out with seven episodes. But who's this podcast for? People who are interested in stories of Edmonton, or food in Edmonton, or both. Especially broad uni students who go to events for food. Basically every day, bruh. It's every day, bro. You can find us at That's Food on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And on our website, thatsfood.transistor.fm. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Food CGSR. New episodes drop weekly starting February 10th. But is it food? That's food. Listen to That's Food on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. You can also find uh, their website, thatsfood.transistor.fm. That's thatsfood.transistor.fm. Let's uh, bring Arjun Colhoun on the phone right now. First of all, Arjun, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you taking the time to ask me. And I do need to start off by saying you're probably the fastest and lightest CFL player we've had on the show because off the top of my head, we've either only had defensive or offensive linemen. So uh, you're the first quarterback <laughs> I've talked to. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I could change it up. I'm glad uh, we could start getting some skilled players on here. Maybe we need a couple more, a couple <laughs> QBs and wide receivers and now, I usually talk to the defensive and offensive linemen about food and their diet and things like that. I, I'm assuming you got to keep it a little bit more clean, don't you? Uh, you keep it clean, but, you know, with, at the same time, you got to remember, I don't have another 150 to 200 pounds on me, so I can I can have a couple of cheat days. You know, I have pizza and what whatnot, but 
everything, yeah, you still got to have, you know, your eggs, your carbs, your bread, all that, all your pasta, chocolate milk. So still got to get a good, uh, good source of food in. But I definitely have my cheat days. Chocolate milk, your post-workout uh, drink or what? Yeah, I'd say cho- chocolate milk and pasta. That's what I need right after a hard workout. Nice, nice. Uh, you've been in the CFL for three years now, but football wasn't your first love. What were you into as a kid growing up in Windsor? Uh, I was really into baseball. I actually played in the Premier Baseball League, and basically that's like a farm team for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, wow. So I was doing, yeah, I was doing that. I was playing there. I actually got called by a couple teams to come uh, maybe get drafted. I was the Pittsburgh Pirates. But at the time, I already committed to uh, playing football at Michigan State. So I was kind of like, well, if that doesn't work out, uh, maybe I'll try baseball. But uh, I'm, I'm here now. I'm in the CFL. And, yep, I haven't had to pick up a bat since. The reverse uh, Tim Tebow, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep, exactly. Hopefully reverse Patrick Mahomes next year. Nice. <laughs> what did you play in uh, baseball? W- were there any sort of uh, heroes that you looked up to? Um, well, I played center field. You know, I-, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, so I'm a big Detroit Tigers fan because literally I could see the stadium from my house. Wow. So, yeah, I lived that close to Comerica Park and still in Canada. So I would go to a lot of Detroit Tigers games. We'd have a lot of camps there. I got to meet, like, Pudge Rodriguez and Curtis Granderson. And just, those are the guys that I looked up to. But I played center field. I, I played first base. And by the end of my career, when I was really trying to look at scholarships and stuff like that and getting drafted, I was actually pitching because I'm left-handed. Oh, okay. I was, about, I was throwing about 89, 90 at 16, so... Jeez. Yep. <laughs> so do you still follow yep. baseball? I mean, would you be throwing some uh, fastballs um, at uh, well, the I, Astros? I, <laughs> I think I can throw about a wiffle ball. That's about it. I, okay. uh, I've had too many shoulder surgeries now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, right. At what age did you say, you know what, I'm going to give this football thing a try, and why did you do it? Um. Really, I never really believed in that I have a chance of getting a, a football scholarship like uh my head coach always he was an older guy he's like 65 gray gray hair slick back yeah. you know what i mean just a real like smooth talker he sold uh adidas football equipment and jersey so every school on the team had his jersey had the jersey that he sold the team so basically he was like arjun i could see you going to the and see you going to the nfl i could see you playing college football he's like i haven't seen a kid since you, like you since uh we had a uh, guy from windsor named oj Atagway. okay yeah since oj Atagway. and i was like really like wow and i'm like that's a big compliment to say so we ended up one day going to a camp in uh michigan i think it was oh, i want to was it Traverse City or it was some somewhere up there? And we went to a camp and I learned how to press because you know in Canadian football we we don't have to press like you don't really press as much. Yeah. I learned how to press in ten, in five minutes before the camp from uh, from one of my coaches from high school, and then basically I did pretty good at the camp. And ever since then, I felt like once I did that one camp in the states, it just kind of uh, just took off from there, really. So did you grow up playing four-down football then, or when was the first time you saw three-down? Uh, high school. Oh, wow, uh, played, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I played high school. We have th- we played three-down. We played all Canadian rules. 
And um, there's actually a, like, you know how they have the the travel teams and the leagues that are four down. I never played in that because okay. my coaches, my coaches are like, he's pretty smart. He talks to a lot of coaches. He's friends with Pat Narduzzi and guys, just big, just big name coaches and stuff like that. And basically he's smart and he's more on like the rehabilitation side. And you can see like that taking over like sports now and like rehab and recovery. And, and basically he was one of those guys that are like, that's just too much football for a young kid like that. So right. I didn't play any of that. But, uh, yeah, I played three-down football, and then I actually didn't play four-down football until I got to college. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, fast-forwarding a little bit to 2016, you had just finished up at Michigan State. You get drafted in the second round by the Eskimos, undrafted in the NFL draft, but sign a free agent deal with the Cowboys. That must have been a crazy time in your life. Man, it it was honestly – a, a moment I just look back and I just wish I could go back in time, but <laughs> that's not how life is. But uh, it is something I'm just real grateful for, to be honest with you. Just, you know what I mean? I wish I would have got drafted. I had a couple teams like I, like talking to me, like Atlanta Hawks and Washington Redskins, and it's kind of it's kind of you know it's crazy when you're sitting watching the draft and then you get a call from your phone from like Washington or something. Right? They're talking. You know what I mean? So. Unfortunately, I didn't get drafted, but the opportunity just to go to Dallas and be a part of the, an NFL organization and to like really just see your name on an NFL jersey is like, I'd say it's one of the most like just it just dream come true, just surreal moments in my life. And I mean, you you didn't sound like a guy that was playing football from you know the age of four. Like <laughs> some of the guys in college uh, is probably Michigan State have been playing it their entire life. Um, oh yeah, it, it kind of seemed like it came naturally to you. It did. It did. It did. It came naturally, but a lot of hard work was put into. Yeah. Like you know, hard work beats talent when talent isn't working hard. So. Basically, I, there was a lot of work put in. And there was a lot of learning. It was really, if anything, I'd say a big learning curve. Just learning concepts, learning the game, learning strategy. And that's something I feel like from the high school level to college, you don't really uh, think about. You know what I mean? They're like, run left, run right, score a touchdown. Right. But when you get to college, it's kind of like you, you, you're, learning, you're, learning, you're learning more football. You're learning football knowledge. And uh, uh, I think that's the biggest difference. And then how was that curve when you went from college to uh, an NFL training camp? Um, great. I feel like if if not the same, everyone kind of has their own terminology. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone will call something blue or blue will mean like 10. And like 10 will mean how many running backs are on the field. So that means there's one running back and zero receivers. So there's just a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. And I feel like uh, just being at a school like Michigan State, you really, I really kind of got the upper hand, and I felt like I was kind of like ahead of the game, and I felt like we did a we did a good job scouting and learning and teaching us. At Michigan State, we used to have tests. Oh, <laughs> how crazy is it? Every week, every we'd have football tests. So not only are wow. you in college trying to get a degree, yeah, you we had football tests. We had, literally should have had a football class. So you're like doing, you know, written tests about concepts and things like that. Oh, concepts, yeah, like like yeah, the way, yes, and that's what I'm saying. I think it really, really helped me um, with the CFL too, just with the heavy passing game. Mm-hmm. 
it just really helps uh just helps you see what's going on and stuff like that because that's a big 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 field <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you must have been used to playing you know on the american fields for a while and then 2017 you go to edmonton and you're like oh boy there's a lot more running oh now. <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah and <laughs> I, I realized that someone ran it out on me, like a five-yard out, and I was playing field corner. Yeah. <laughs> and they caught it, and I said, what? I said, what in the – like, just what the heck is going on? I said, I've never seen a ball come out that high and far and long, and it's just – it's it's crazy just the things that, like, I've never – you know what I mean? Just to not experience something like that. And yeah. then you've been playing football for so long, and just to just to have that happen, it was, it was crazy. Definitely got used to it, though. Definitely got used to of uh, the out route now. So if yeah. any quarterback is hearing this, don't run it. <laughs> yeah, you guys just want those, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a gimme now. <laughs> um, when 2017 rolled around, I, I think I read a stat. It was like you were the first Canadian to start in his CFL debut in like 25 years or something like that. Um did, yeah. <laughs> did, did you put any pressure on yourself then? Um, no, I really didn't. I honestly, if anything, I I always carried myself with a lot of confidence and and stuff like that. And I'm going to tell people the truth. It's not like I beat everyone out for the job and that's how I started. Someone pulled their hamstring and I got like he pulled his hamstring like two or three days before the game and they said, "Arjun, you're starting." First game of the season. Wow. I, you know, I've never played in college, and they're just like, Arjun, we have confidence in you. We know where you've played. We know what you've done, and we believe in you. And uh, it was my first game, actually, against BC, and I had a hell of a game. I almost had a pick. <laughs> well, I should have had a pick, but you know what I mean? It just, just for that opportunity and stuff like that, I just felt like I was ready for it, just for everything I've been through, just going to a big school and a Division One, and then playing for Dallas. I just felt like, that was my moment to show coaches that I was a serious football player and uh, I was serious about what I was doing. Michigan State's a great program. Dallas has, you know, it's a, it's a legendary team and organization, and the Eskimos are a legendary team and organization in Canada as well. How did everything beforehand prepare you? Because when you walk into Commonwealth Stadium, you have all the names on the Wall of Honor, and you hear about the Eskimo way. It's a very proud team and proud alumni. Uh, how did everything beforehand prepare prepare you for all of that well it's crazy because when you when you go to edmonton the first thing they tell you is when you see a new york yankee hat when you see an uh la la lakers symbol like those are things that are seen everywhere fc barcelona and edmonton eskimos edmonton eskimos is everywhere you go to mexico you go anywhere and basically that's how they started off it's a historic historic franchise and we had to upkeep that you know you have guys like warren moon come through there yeah. just legends you know so everyone wants to live up to the name and 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 be that next legend on the wall and stuff like that and i think edmonton uh they do a good job of, of of appreciating and recognizing you know what i mean they're they're young stars and stars in the cfl and stuff like that so uh it was honestly just a surreal moment because it's almost like you went from the dallas cowboys like most of America's football team to Canada's football team, which is the Eskimos, I felt like almost like in can what in Canada. 
So it was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, when you hear, you know, the stories of five Grey Cups in a row, and oh, know. like that can't be, that can't be, that can't be matched. No, that's unrivaled. That's unheard of. <laughs> Absolutely, that's unheard of. Fast yeah. forward to last year, about a year ago exactly, you went to make Edmonton your full time home, right? And yeah, I actually moved up there, and I was training with a, a trainer named Kyle Thorne. Uh, he was he's with us as Edmonton Eskimos, but basically, yeah, I was I went up there and I, it was the coldest winter of my life. <laughs> I, I've lived on the prairies my whole life, and last year was nasty. I I feel bad <laughs> for you. <laughs> I I don't think I went outside for a whole month. <laughs> I, I think it was let the dogs out for two minutes, come in, go work out, come home, and that was it. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think you got you have two dogs, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. How did they uh, handle really, that? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're good dogs, man. I I have two American Pocket Bullies, uh, Millie and Nina, and literally, man, they come with me everywhere. I brought them to Bam. They've been to Florida. They've been everywhere. Wow. I bring these dogs everywhere. I'm actually in Alaska right now. Oh, are you? And, uh, <laughs> been, yeah, yeah. I'm actually on vacation right now in Alaska, and they're with me. Well, how cold is it there now? It's actually pretty warm. It's uh, I'm in I'm in Haines, Alaska right now. It's about nice. negative three, negative negative four. It's a little snowy, but yeah, man, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I always like to get out and travel, and uh, I came out to Alaska. <laughs> that that is awesome. Well, what brought on the decision to move to Edmonton? Was it to have those resources when you're uh, doing all of your off season training? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because Kyle, well, my trainer was there, Kyle Thorne, and it was just a great opportunity to just show the show the team I was committed, show the team I cared. I'm pretty sure I was like maybe one of the first ten, five to ten guys that showed up. Oh wow! In the city yeah. that played, you know what I mean. And I just wanted to show my dedication and and just show that I'm I'm, I'm the real deal. Now, last year started off great for the Eskimos before ending in Hamilton just a game before the Grey Cup. It must be a bit nerve-wracking and also exciting at the same time to go into an offseason as a possible free agent. And I know you went to Edmonton to show your dedication to the team, but at what time did you know that your time in Edmonton might might be over? Um, That's a tough question because... Uh... Honestly, I'm I'm someone that like if I start something, I like to finish it. You know yeah. what I mean? If I start it there, I want to finish it there. So obviously, um, staying in Edmonton, I wanted to do that because I wanted to prove uh, Brock Sunderland. I'm really good friends with him. Really great guy. You know what I mean? He has me and him have great chemistry, and I think we we get along really well. And really, just the time that I knew is when Coach Moss and everyone was kind of getting released and leaving. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was the time that it's like it's almost like a new team in Edmonton already, you know what I mean? And I'm just like if I can get if I can do what I do and play closer to home and be close to my family cuz I went to Michigan State, it's only 2 hours away from my house. Wow. You know what I mean? I felt like I needed some I I felt like uh home was definitely a big part of it for me, you know? Um, and then I, I I just know a couple guys that were going to Toronto already with like Natea J and Devaris. You know what I mean? So I kind of, uh, I like those guys and I look up to them and I love working with them and their competitors. And I was just like, you know what, this, this, 
this is, I need to take a leap of faith. And basically that's what I did. What did your time in Edmonton teach you? Um, definitely it, it teaches me that patience is, patience is a virtue. You gotta, you never get what you want right away. You know what I mean? Obviously with me starting, but then I ended up getting hurt. The next year I came in, uh, had it, had a little injury that kept me out for like 15 games. And I just realized that, that patience is a virtue and to definitely get in the hot and cold tubs every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, it, Edmonton taught me how to be a professional, if I have to be on a serious note. Uh, just being around professionals like Mike Riley and J.C. Sherritt and mm-hmm. guys like uh, Armando Sewell and Odell Willis, like, Team like I'm I'm so grateful for that first year in Edmonton because I got to see a lot of guys that might be in the Hall of Fame uh, that I played with. You know what I mean? I took the field with them, and uh, I take it on myself to prove myself to them, but also to keep the game going on. You know what I mean? Keep the CFL running, and it was just a great opportunity to be around great players like Mike Riley and all those guys, just just legendary guys that are still playing. So it was really cool. Well, a lot of those guys were on the Grey Cup team in 2015, right? So, Yeah, they were. They, they had that yeah. experience and what it takes to win. That They probably tried to rub that off on you a little bit. For sure, for sure. I would talk to like, – you just just talking to Mike Riley. Have you ever talked to Mike Riley, man? I, well, he, you know, I've, I've met him in, in passing, uh, usually after a few beers at the Grey Cup, but <laughs> that's about <laughs> man, it. That, that, that dude is cool as a cucumber, man. Yeah. That dude is one cool guy. And just talking to him and just talking football with him, when you talk football with guys that love football, man, I don't think there's a better conversation. Now you're a member of the Toronto Argonauts. You've mentioned uh, yes. Natea J. More excited. <laughs> Devaris Daniels. Uh, how did Connection. this all come about? Like, there's we hear about the negotiation period two weeks before free agency actually starts. I'm kind of fascinated about the whole free agency oh. process. Uh, well, how quickly did I, it happen? I guess. <laughs> I guess I could share my part and okay, my yeah. experience in it so far. And basically, what I got from it was this—it's—it's—it's it's not what you—it's crazy, you know what I mean? It's—it's it's just like it's basically another week of free agency where people call you and ask you how you're doing. Are you good? Right. Are you feeling good? Do you like us? Would you play for us? <laughs> okay, we'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So that's, that's basically how one of those conversations goes. So. Um, you know, you just teams don't feelers really. You know, you're not talking numbers, you're not talking anything. It's more of a chance for you to just meet, maybe talk to the coach personally. Like I, I had a chance of talking to a couple of head coaches, and it's just, you know what I mean. It's a chance for you to really just get a feel for the team, and the team get a feel for you. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think it, I think it's great. You know what I mean. I love I love free agency, and I just love watching it every every year. The last three years I've been this is obviously my first year in free agency, but the last three years I've loved watching free agency, especially in the CFL. Yeah. Like all these players moving around, all these new teams, and all like it's amazing. It's great. Now you talked about your old high school coach that kind of sold you on football. I, I imagine getting a call from Pinball Clemens would be. Yeah, let's let's get after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would. And the funny thing is, I haven't even talked to Pinball. Oh yet. wow! <laughs> I haven't I haven't talked to Pinball yet. I actually uh, 
talked to Coach Dinwiddie. Um, but I haven't talked to Pinball. But what's funny, though, if I have to tell you a story about me and uh, Pinball Clemens. Sure. I don't even think he remembers this yet because I haven't even brought it up to him yet. So when I see him, I'm going to have to tell him. But I rent off the track, right? Yeah. Because I'm from Ontario. And we won the 4 by 4 competition or came second, I think. We won or came second. So the next week they had like a all like a Usain Bolt came to Toronto and he ran. Do you remember that? that okay, yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. So when Usain Bolt came to run in Toronto, uh, my before he ran, my high school team actually had a chance to run, and we had like another four by four race. So everyone that was in the state cha- the provincial championships ran again. We actually did terrible that time. <laughs> but no one cared because we all were there for Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah, but. That was my first time. Uh, I don't even know if Pinball remembers this, but I was in like a little party room or a little section room where they're handing out all the hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. You know, you get the cheese and shrimp. But I'm I'm talking to Clem, Pinball Clemens, and I'm like, Pinball Clemens, I'm going to play in the CFL. I'm going to be in the NFL. I'm going to play football. I'm going to go to scholarship. And he's like, great, 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 great. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. You know, just it's motivating me and just giving me insight, information, and, like, I don't think he understands the extent of that conversation and how far it went to how it is now. Like, now I'm playing for the Toronto Argonauts. This guy is now the GM. Wow. And it's just like, it's just like this was however – I was in high school and I had this conversation with him. And I don't know if he'll ever remember that. I'm going to bring it up to him. I haven't talked to him about it personally. But how crazy is that? Is like you, it just tells you that like everything comes in first uh, in full circles, you know. Like everything comes to fruition. I just remember him telling me like, "I want to work for Toronto. I'm going to be with the Argos. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to wow. be doing, but I'm going to be here." And how look at him now, and it's just like it is. It's crazy. That that's that is really cool. How things come full circle, and I can hear it in your voice. How excited you are to be able to uh, play in Toronto for the Argos, and it must just be oh, I can't wait. So exciting! You have already got some teammates that have signed there. You know, from Edmonton to Toronto, they're bringing in top-notch talent. It looks like they really want to make a run and turn things around really fast. There, you you sound oh, like you're yeah. excited to be playing in the six. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm close to home. I am home. I'm not even close to home. I am home. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm having a good time, and I'm, I love the people that I work with. I already, And I haven't even met some of them. Some of the people in Toronto have already reached out, and it just feels so heartwarming to just leave a team. And, and you, you know what I mean? You kind of feel like an outcast, but for a team to come in and take you under their wing and just give you whatever you need, and at, like it, it's awesome, man. And I'm just, it's a one A one organization already so far, and I couldn't be happier to just be out there and, and and just see all the fans. And I hope Toronto we can make another run this year. Like, yeah, we picked up a lot of Canadian talent, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you're one of those uh, Canadian talents <laughs> that, that they picked up. And I, I, I gotta ask, you seem like a guy that definitely wants to give back uh, to the community. And being a local guy, do you, do you kind of Put it on yourself to get some of the kids in the Toronto area more interested in football and getting them to come out to BMO Field. Well, definitely this year I'm going to make a, a effort. Uh, me and my uh, public re- relations uh, manager Armand Ariapur, we've already talked about 
how we can affect Toronto and we nice. can have more kids come out to, to come out to the games and stuff. I love giving back because I feel like when you give back, that's the way that you drop knowledge on people. You drop knowledge on on these young on these young kids and these young folks. Like, there's not a lot of people that could tell you what to do. You know what I mean? Like if Kobe Bryant told you to go clean your room, you're going to go clean your room. Yeah, if your mom I... tells you to go clean your room, you're not going to clean your room. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I, I just like, uh, I like the fact that I have a chance to be uh, someone that these kids could talk to. I, I'm someone that these kids could look up to and maybe they'll hear a voice. Maybe I'm the same voice that they're, I'm the same voice of their mom or dad telling them the same thing to do this, do that. But Sometimes kids hear it differently when they they look up to someone or they see someone doing what they want to do. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you in the double blue uh, this season. I, I kind of want to ask some off the field questions before we let you go. Oh, go ahead. I go mean, ahead. you you did talk that you love to travel. You've taken the two dogs everywhere. Where else is on your uh, bucket list to travel? Bucket list: uh, Egypt. Wow, I want to go to Egypt. Yeah, I want to go to Peru and see uh, Machu Picchu. And um, actually, I had the opportunity of uh, meeting Max Max Holloway. Sorry, Max Holloway when he was uh, in Edmonton, right? He had his uh, fight debut. I was telling him, like, oh, my uncle lives there and stuff like that. Like, and they kind of live near each other. So I told him when I'm out in uh, Hawaii, I'm going to message him. And he gave me his phone number and contact information because we're going to get some training in. And he put me on the bags and stuff. So uh, <laughs> those are definitely my top three right now. Yeah, that's definitely. So you, you're, you're not a guy that just, you know, wants to go see the Eiffel Tower or the uh, Statue <laughs> of Liberty. You want to go see some really cool places in the world. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> what else uh, do you do to keep busy that uh, maybe some fans might not know? Um, I, I well, I'm a video game addict. I like playing video games. I'm I'm kind of an outdoorsy guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, other than playing the video games, I like to snowboard. I, I like to go on hikes, like stuff like that. I like to skateboard. Like, I'm kind of like a different type, I guess. I'm not. I'd, I'd say normal, but. I'm just really adventurous, and I just like nature, and I like animals, and I like stuff like that. You know, going to the zoo, like stuff like that. Going to the zoo makes me happy. You know, that's a great day for me. So that's kind of funny because uh, hiking and video games—they don't really—they're hard to do at the same time. <laughs> well, it's it, it's funny. It's funny you say that because it's like where I live right now. It's like I can go hiking and play video games after. You know, right? So yeah. Living, being in Alaska right now, it's like okay, I'll play two hours of video games, and it's like okay, I'm gonna go snowshoeing for another two hours. That's so, cool. <laughs> Are you going to be hanging out there for the whole off season? No, no. I'm unfortunately I'm on my way back right now. I, okay, I got my flight back to Toronto. I gotta. I want to pop in and make an appearance on them and just really get a chance to just say hello and stuff like that. So I'm actually packing all my stuff up. Well, before you called, I was packing up all my stuff to leave. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I've been here for about two months. So, nice, nice. Well, I, I guess snowshoeing that that'll keep you in shape, won't it? <laughs> oh, well, we got a gym, you know. We got a local yeah. gym, and we have all everything you need. And uh, 
but yeah, man, I honestly, I feel like in the off season, it's not about working out real hard. It's about well, not working. Not Well, obviously you got to work hard. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying you have to have fun. You have to have balance in life. And, uh, I think when you get out there and you just experience life, it, it helps with football. It helps, it helps deal with all the stressful times. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. If somebody wants to find out more about you or follow you on social media, where can people do that? Uh, you can find me at the, the Canuck 36, T-H-E-C-A-N-U-C-K 36, the Canuck 36. Um, that is also my PSN tag. So if you play PlayStation... And you want to pat in and get beat, or I'm, I'm on there. <laughs> what are you playing so, on there? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, you'd be surprised, but I'm actually a big basketball nice. fan. I love basketball. I love watching basketball because it's somewhere where you can have fun and it's warm and you're indoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I love, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I play a lot of basketball video games and uh, Madden. I love football. All right. Well, I guess I'll see you on uh, Madden, and I, I don't mind getting worked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, add it up. Add it, anybody can get it. Awesome. Hey, thanks to time. Thanks for taking the time, and hey, safe travels back. Oh, uh, no problem, Travis. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Arjun Colhoun of the Toronto Argonauts for joining us this week. One of the newest members of the team, and the Argos have made a ton of changes in free agency. Let's talk some CFL nude item, news items, not nude items. Get your head out of the gutter, Ty. <laughs> Let's start with Randy's road trip, who had uh, a stop in Ottawa last week and that has to be one of the most talked about Randy's road trips of all time oh. due to one comment he made on possible changes to the playoff format in the CFL which I thought the majority of fans were you know clamoring for in the first place see and that's and that's where you're a fool where you think CFL fans will be happy Oh, yeah, that's because on me. They, that's on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's be honest. The, they're just bitching to hear themselves bitch, and that's what I think it is. The he, he all, all he said was this is an idea that's been floated around. Uh, the first place mm-hmm. teams in the East and West would win their divisions and host a playoff game, the same as we currently have. The difference would be that the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place teams would make the playoffs regardless of division then play each other, and then after the two semifinal games are played on a Saturday, that was another key word that he threw in there. Yeah, Sunday would be decision day for the first-place team. On a nationally broadcast show, the first-place team would pick who they're playing from the two semifinal winners. It's just something they're talking about. They might even do it this year. I honestly like this better than the one division format at least an eastern team would get a home playoff game and they would have earned because even if the entire east is bad they had to do something to win the division right so i I think that they should be rewarded and have a home playoff game so there's at least something there i think it's better than no eastern team getting a home playoff game at all I, i think it's fun to talk about but I don't think it can be done once the schooners get into the league. So that's another wrinkle as well. Why do this for a year or two and then have a new team yeah. thrown into the mix? Like I, I get 
I like this better than a crossover. Right. And I think even when the, if the schooners come in or when the schooners come in, I think they would still keep the crossover just because of competitive balance. Right. Like you need, you don't want a team that only has six wins getting into the playoffs when you have a team in the West division, for example, who has 10 wins that misses because they don't get third. Right. So I, I get that. Like, I think they still keep the crossover, but I do like the fact that, you know, you keep, if you're going to keep divisions and then just go top, like you're three to six after that, I'm fine with. I, I think that, I think that's basically what we get now with the crossover. But I don't like the gimmickiness of picking your own opponent. I get that. For the division final. I get that. But at the same time, I think sometimes sports takes itself a little too seriously. And I, I think if you would call out, like, say the Stampeders are first and, you know, whoever is six ends up winning their playoff game and then choosing them, that team automatically has a chip on their shoulder, right? And I, I don't know. Yeah, I would, but, but I would that, love if, it. If they didn't get to pick, if they didn't get to pick, they'd be playing them anyway. Right, right. If they just went one, if they just reseeded, right? And it's just, it's just a way, it's just a way for the media to make a narrative. Right. I, I do love the idea of a team choosing another team and then losing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I coached Major Hockey, we did not make the playoffs, but the first place team got to pick the opponent out of the bottom four or whatever it was, or like the the bottom four playoff teams. Then second got to pick what was left over third, and then fourth was just left with the scraps. Uh, and I mean, it makes sense, especially for midget hockey. I find because of the travel, right? Okay, like yeah. that, that makes sense. But with travel, what it is, and you're only having to play one game. Uh, you know, it's not like you're taking like kids out of school and stuff like that. So it's different for midget hockey. But like with the way travel is and stuff, I don't, for, I don't see that being an issue. I, I would just like it to be reseeded, and you know, as a first place team, you just get. You get the lowest ranked opponent, and that's just that. And if they beat you, they beat you. And if you beat them, that's you beat them. It's just what it is. Uh, you know, the NBA doesn't reseed, and it sucks. Uh, the NHL doesn't reseed anymore, and it the second round is it. It's usually the best, or not the best round, but you know, teams that should be playing in the conference finals are playing. So you know, just reseed it, and it's it's a, it's done. I, I I don't like the whole picking your opponent for the playoffs. That's the only thing I don't like about it. He also mentioned that they're going to try to have the Vanier Cup and the Grey Cup combined in Hamilton in 2021. I think that is an absolute no-brainer. Um, part of me wonders if U Sports is a little bit uh, afraid of doing uh, the championship game on the Prairies after what happened the last time it was in Saskatoon. And if the games were the same in uh, Regina in 2013... Um, the that would have been terrible. The college game would have been playing in minus thirty, and then the pro game would have been <laughs> playing in plus two or whatever it was. So without the wind, yeah, uh, yeah, the wind was nasty. <laughs> it was oh. <laughs> for that game. Maybe you should bring a coat next time, Ty. Um, I brought a coat to the game, <laughs> not an animal. <laughs> Uh, it's a no-brainer to have them combined. I'm still not sure if they uh, are going to follow it to, to Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, or Winnipeg. The only thing I don't like about putting them in the same host city, like with Grey Cubs, that, that's only nine 
you know, nine cities that are going to get Vanier Cup, which don't get me, making it part of the festival would be great. But when they go to, you know, like like a Saskatoon and stuff like that, that gives them revenue. Yeah. Now, I mean, minus 30 is a different story. It's going to be really hard to draw. But you're taking away revenue from the schools that don't have a CFL team there. So I think they would have to find a way where it would almost be like revenue sharing. That's the only issue I have with it. Other than that, I love the idea. Yeah, there there's a lot of schools that don't have – CFL teams, so that is part of it as well. At the same time, I well, think and then would... ha- like if if it's in if it's in Manitoba, like you you expect you expect those if it's in Winnipeg, you expect those schools to bus, like especially from Laval, or I guess fly to Thunder Bay and then take a bus from there. Like, come on, that gets pretty pricey for a university. And uh, you know, <sighs> no, we're just gonna you're not you're not even gonna laugh at that. Oh, because of the because ah, the airport <laughs> in Winnipeg no... joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been. A, I've had two long days, and I I even thought it was hilarious. Well, you know, when you hear the joke every day for <laughs> you know two and a half yeah. years, yeah, it, it's still funny. It just becomes a part of normal conversation. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> uh, let's move on and talk just a little about the XFL who is coming up on uh, week three. And, you know, when I watched uh, a few of the games in week one and a little bit in week two, and I actually think that they do have something there as a degenerate like you, and they're not afraid to talk about betting and they show the odds on the score clock. I think Mm -hmm. that is a really cool wrinkle of the game. Sometimes I think that the access to the players – with uh, <laughs> the interviews like oh, on the field, my God, it's a little too much. There, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. <laughs> but I mention this because there are three significant CFL names that have made mm. their way to the XFL: and S.J. Green, Derek Dennis, and now Armani Edwards that we just found out on Wednesday. These guys have a chance at double dipping. Uh, getting a nice payday, you know, fifty grand from the XFL, and then possibly coming back up to Canada. Maybe they don't have a contract by the time training camp starts in mid-May, but by July, injuries start to pile up. I mean, an offensive tackle like Derek Dennis or guard, he could play that too. A nice uh, receiver, dynamic receiver like Armani Edwards, a Hall of Fame receiver. I saw somebody say, why are we calling S.J. Green a Hall of Famer the other day? And I said, um, be- because stupid? he will be. <laughs> uh, I think the only thing is that's a lot of football. That's up to these guys. It's That's not mm-hmm. up to me. I don't know. I couldn't handle one football game probably. I'd be done for uh, six months. It's just a lot of football to play, you know, 10 games and then go to a CFL training camp and play another 18 games or whatever. But good for these guys more jobs in football it's not a bad thing no absolutely not and you know these reps at at game speed uh you know if like if they do make certain lineups and get in and everything those reps are going to be better than any reps you're going to face in training camp yeah for sure so i the only the only issue is going to be injuries because you're playing football. It's not just, you know, training camp, no pads and stuff like that. You're playing a professional football game. Uh, you have to, you have to protect yourself and take care of your body. Uh, if you want to like, you know, after the season's done in the XFL, if you want to 
try to catch on with a CFL team again, you know, you got to make sure you're taking care of your body and an injury can derail you for a year. And then you're right back to where you were before. But that that's the only downside I see to this. Well, we can talk about the real reason why it happened, and that has to do with the economics in the CFL mm-hmm. this season. And maybe things will even out, but maybe not, because we saw the same thing happened in other professional leagues where the Connor McDavid's and the Sidney Crosby's of the world get massive paydays, but then the middle-class guys, they kind of get squeezed out uh, a little mm-hmm. bit, and that's what's happening in the CFL. They're still paying your Mike Riley's, Bo Mitchell's, and Willie Jefferson's, and with the minimum salary going up, but the salary cap only going up by fifty grand. Brock Sunderland from Edmonton said it basically left us eighty thousand dollars in the hole that we had to make it's a, room it's a market on our team. inequality. Yes, um, so some of the middle class guys are left kind of on the outside with not much money mm-hmm. left there for them. So there are actually a number of quality free agents out there right now without a job, and that's just the way the cookie crumbled this time around. Yeah, and like it's a business, and the players know that. Uh, they might not like it as much, but uh, you know this is the profession that they're in. Uh, and, and you talked about the NHL. Like, right now, the guys that make four to seven million in your lineup are destroying your lineup because they're 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 making just a little too much than they're supposed to, and you know the contributions aren't there. And it's kind of I don't want to say it's the same thing in the CFL, but when you're going to raise the minimum, you're going to raise salaries of of a lot of guys that are making the league minimum, and you're only allowing for so much room. Well, Something's got to give, and you know it's it's those uh, mid level to you know upper mid level guys that are going to feel the brunt of it because you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to cut a minimum a CFL minimum salary guy if he's good enough to play. Yeah, yeah. Compared to a guy who's going to make you know 150 grand, and they can do the same thing. You're going to keep the you're going to keep the guys making the minimum just for the salary cap relief, and that's where guys are going to get squeezed out. By now, I think most people know, and if you're listening, you probably know the big names who have been signed on day one and things like that. So let's quickly go team by team. I think the teams that have improved are the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Toronto Argonauts, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and maybe the BC Lions. Now, The fact that the Tiger Cats are able to improve is just ridiculous they are instant great cup favorites are they not 100 <laughs> percent. i don't think it's even up for debate we talk about the cfl economics it is said that larry dean had to take almost like a hundred thousand dollar pay cut to go from edmonton back to hamilton um Darrell Walker still hasn't signed. He's going to have to take a one hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar pay cut as well. That is significant money for these guys. But the Ticats, oh, it's crazy. In uh, Don Jackson, running back, Courtney Steven is back. Uh, Devere Posey and Patrick Levels on the defense. Suddenly, the Ticats defense with Orlando Steinauer. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to mm-hmm. be even better than last year. I know they don't have Luke Tasker signed. There's another middle class guy that is kind mm-hmm. of on the outside looking in right now, waiting for some cash to free up. But the Tight Cats improved, and they're going to be scary to watch next year. 
The, the only the only issue I see with the Ty Cats is the receivers. Uh, you know, with Tasker not coming back, Braylon Addison gone. Uh, you know, I teams are going to try to focus on Brandon Banks, but you know he still burns guys. So it's going to be time for guys like Marcus Tucker and Jalen Marshall. Uh, you know, Nikola Klinic out of the backfield. They're going to have to start stepping up and making plays. And, and take over some of those roles, uh, you know, and maybe the, maybe the offense doesn't miss a beat. Uh, Masoli will be healthy. It'll be a, a pretty good competition, I would think, for that starting job. I don't think you can just give it back to Masoli after the way Dane Evans played. Uh, but with Larry Dean, uh, Herdman Reen, and Patrick Levels getting added to that defense, that, that defense just got so much better. It's crazy to say. <laughs> well, and they all – so from week one – the week one starters on defense, they lost Leonard and Tuggle. Wow. And so they added Courtney Steven or Stephen Courtney. Courtney right? Steven. Or Courtney Steven. Courtney Steven, sorry. I, there's a comma there, yes. And Patrick Levels and Larry Dean uh, to fill those holes, and that is going to more than suffice. And, and, I mean, the whole defensive line is back. You know, they re-signed Dylan Wynn and Ja'Gary Davis. Like I said, they had to. Uh, no big deal. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, if, if Delvin bro plays like he can and you know the, that defensive front gets the quarterback, uh, it's, it's going to be another 14, 15 win season for Hamilton. And, you know, I know it's early and I know it's only free, it's free agency and a lot of crap can happen. A lot of stuff can happen, but I mean, they, they didn't lose a whole heck of a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I, it just feels like, they're getting to the point where it's plug and play on offense for them now. So I, I don't foresee a lot of issues there. Calgary was uh, busy, which they usually aren't. But with uh, Rob Maver retiring, they bring in Ronnie Pfeffer, uh, Richard Leonard, Dakota Prukop, Connor McGough. I, I liked Ottawa's moves by bringing in Cleon mm-hmm. Lang, Don Unumba, Abdul Kane, and they also bring in Anthony Coombs. It seems like a guy that Paul Lapolice will be able to find uh, lots of things for him to do this upcoming season, but I'm yeah. sure Ottawa fans just really wanted more offensive talent uh, to come in instead of defensive, right? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, they lot Choffey Randall and Rose are, are are some big big losses on that defensive side. So I mean, you do got to find a way to fill those holes. And I think uh, Don Unamba and Abdul Kane will be really good there. But we don't know what Nick Arbuckle is. Like it was a very small sample size. Can't be any worse than Dom Davis. Uh, like you said, Paul Eppley is going to find a way to use Anthony Coombs. And I, I don't see how he won't uh, as long as he can stay healthy. But I mean, right now it's R.J. Harris and Brad Snopley. Yep. And that's not exactly a recipe for success right now. Dominic Rhymes, another one of those names that is still out there. A free agent. The Toronto Argonauts made a lot of moves, and they made a lot of moves last mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the difference this year is the Canadian talent that they've mm-hmm. brought in. Um, let's just talk Canadians. Juwan Breskis and Darius Bladdock, Philip Blake, um, Chris Aki, we talked to Arjun Colhoun. They've signed Natea J. TJ Jones, the receiver from the NFL. They they actually traded their kicker to Montreal for Boris Beattie because they had a surplus of Canadians and they're able to have an American kicker for the upcoming year. That's what it that's what the trade looked like to mm-hmm. me. 
but there's quality Canadians in Toronto right now. And if they are able to bring it all together, Coach Ryan Dinwiddie and company, they're going to be interesting to watch in the East. Bladdock and Blake, I mean, they, they kind of shore up that offensive line with the loss of Holmes and McEwen. Uh, you know, Nichols, huge upgrade over James Franklin, let's be honest. Uh, you know, and then you got a guy like Drake Nevis to, to anchor that defensive line with, you know, bringing in, or not bringing in, sorry. Uh, or yeah, bringing in Craig Rowe. I mean, he was behind Willie Jefferson a little bit, but they also bring in Alex Bazzi. Like, I, I, I like a lot of the signings that Toronto has. It's just, can they put it together? We've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, you know, they lose Darrell Walker and SJ Green, but they replace him with Devar Santos and Jawan Breskison, so that's not a bad get. Think Penn comes in. He's obviously going to be the returner, I would think. Uh, you know, and then I want to say that they're going to be better, but I just don't know. Like, from their opening day roster last year, or their opening day lineup starters, they kept six of them. Well, continuity is a big thing, and that's why the Stampeders are never active in free agency, and they're always competitive. Um, Mm -hmm. The Bombers now, they've locked up Willie Jefferson. They made a couple signings, Josh Johnson, Toby Antigua, and Micah Awe, but they really didn't have to make very many moves. Are they just signing guys who get suspended? I knew you were waiting to get that one in. Also, also, Winnipeg has retained 74.1% of their opening day starting lineup. People like playing for Mike O'Shea. I, I, I would run through a wall for Mike O'Shea. I don't think the Riders got better in free agency so far. Um, no. They had to pay Shaq Evans. Um, Which, understandable. Yeah, they had extended uh, Solomon Elamimian, but they lost Bladdock and Blake on the offensive line. They bring in Otha Foster. He was uh, off the football field for a year. He was a great player. Mm-hmm. If he can get back to where he was, that is a good signing. James Franklin's mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan. I hope that they use him for short yardage because Cody Fajardo doesn't need to get hit mm-hmm. that often. And Josiah Any, anymore, yeah, <laughs> than he already does. Yeah, and Josiah Saint Sean just kind of sounds like a little bit of a desperation move to get some O line depth. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Like I, I, I think they got worse. Uh, you know, they lo- they lose from their opening day. Like from week one starting lineup, they lose Cannon, Roosevelt, Watson right off the bat. And you're opening well, and I, I mean we can count Kalaros if we want, but I mean he only played four snaps. Uh, you know you lose three right now of of your offensive linemen with Coleman not signed. Uh, you know you lose Micah Johnson, Moncrief is gone, Means is gone, uh, and you know not bringing in a lot of guys through free agency. So, I mean, they got to have guys ready to step in uh, because there's some big holes to fill in this lineup right now. Edmonton has lost a lot of talent. They bring in some as well. They're basically changing the entire secondary. Jonathan Mincy, Tremaine mm-hmm. Washington, Anthony Covington, uh, Caleb Ham, Tracy Ham's son is headed to Edmonton. They also signed Justin Renfro on the offensive line today. That's a big signing. Brandon yep. Burks, Antonio Pipkin, Justin Tuggle, Corey Jones in the linebacking core. They've kind of evened out their signings. I don't think that they've improved all that much, but I think BC has. Chris Rainey's back. They've made a change on the defensive line. <laughs> Maybe Rainey won't get healthy scratched now. Yeah, that Buono's gone. 
<laughs> They've made a change in the defensive line for sure. J.R. Tavai from Ottawa and Micah Johnson, mm-hmm. but also on the offensive line with Riker Matthews. And if they bring in yep. D- Darrell Walker, like that is the rumor. They they want to play together. They just got to figure out the money. I think BC has improved in free agency. Well, and if they bring in Darrell Walker, he he, he replaces Deron Carter, who did nothing. And, you know, they still have Shaq Johnson, Brian Burnham, Katoy, and Durant. Yeah, uh, that's a nice receiving core. Right, and Riker Matthews gets added to that lineup on the offensive line. And all of a sudden, well, the offensive line started playing better last year, you know, in that second half. Um, maybe they keep Riley upright and BC comes out of the – comes out of the gates absolutely flying and and can you know get some wins under their belt early because i think that's if you fall behind in the west it's so hard to make up ground uh you know if they do end up with Darrell walker they're going to be favorites uh in a lot of in a lot of matchups the alouettes have been quiet in free agency but changing up their secondary because well, they've been forced like- to would you would you have to make a lot of moves when you have the best safety in the league? <laughs> Taekwon Glass and Money Hunter are going to be in Montreal. Adrian Tracy adds to that pass rush. They've brought back mm-hmm. Tyrell Sutton and Kevin Fogg. Uh, I don't know if you heard this story, Ty, but Quan Bray, who came on last year with the Montreal Alouettes, has been arrested along with NFL offensive lineman Greg Robinson. With 157 pounds of marijuana. Oh, that's just for personal use. <laughs> I don't think Ozzy Osbourne could go through that in his prime in three years. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that was his drug of choice. It's it's like on it's like on 21 Drum Street. Oh, how about a pound of coke? What? We don't want to ruin these kids' lives. Oh, a pound of dope. Greatest party ever. Uh, there's still a lot of names to be signed and a lot of movement to have before we get to training camp, which is still basically three months away. Uh, mm-hmm. Two and Out is a part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. A quick shout out to all of the Alberta Podcast Network members that are up for a Canadian Podcast Award this weekend. Some of the winners are going to be announced on Saturday. The rest actually next Wednesday. So we'll see if two and out is a big winner. And the Alberta Podcast Network is happy to be partnering with Seat Giant to offer you a deal on tickets to major sporting events, big concerts, popular theater throughout North America, and more. So the Rolling Stones are going to be in Vancouver. Rage Against the Machine is rolling through. Brazilian Ty needs uh, Euler tickets to take his Valentine to. You just... No, no? I don't. I don't. She got the tickets. Oh! <laughs> Have you financed the ring yet? <laughs> oh, you plead the fifth. <laughs> just Chikai. Whether you're at home or on vacation, hit seatgiant.ca to find tickets. Use the promo code APN at checkout. You'll save 5% and support the APN in the process. All the tickets are in Canadian dollars, even if the event is in the States. Seat Giant is Canadian owned and operated, and it guarantees every ticket. So hit seatgiant.ca and use the promo code APN. Brazilian tie, I, I, 
I wish you luck when your Valentine uh, comes west. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the episode that we record after that. Oh, neither can I. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. It's going to be a lot of, uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined because I don't want to talk about it because I know my mother will listen. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on the, your favorite podcast app. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.